You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is November 5th, 2018. My name is Phil Prossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, happy to be with you here on a Monday. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk all about the Magic's win over the San Antonio Spurs. A big one there. We'll preview the Magic's game Monday against the Cleveland Cavaliers. And we'll talk a little bit about uh, what the Magic need to do to, to change their culture a little bit. Um, certainly after Friday's game, there was a lot of discussion about uh, about the team. And I think Sunday the Magic responded the way that they needed to respond. But we'll talk about some of the bigger overarching questions that still remain about this Magic team as the season now turns past Game 10. Game 10 being Monday. And we get really into the meat, especially now that we're in this really difficult uh, stretch of the Magic schedule. Um, all leading up to the big Thanksgiving West Coast trip. Uh, around Thanksgiving, the Magic will take their first trip west. And that will be, uh, I think, a big, big uh, dividing line for this Magic team. We'll see uh, how much they can survive that. But before we do any of that, I want to remind everyone that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Locked On and your favorite team. Getting ready for this game against Cleveland Cavaliers. Want to know everything that's going on with that team? And there is a lot. Locked On Cavaliers is your place to go. It's one of my favorite Locked On podcasts. I do listen to it on occasion. Um, cannot recommend it highly enough. They do a great job covering the Cavaliers, just like I do. I do. I hope. I hope I do. Cover. Do a great job covering the Magic. All the detail. All the insight that you can only get from local experts. It's your team every day on the Locked On Podcast Network. Also, be sure to check out the Locked On NBA Network on Instagram. You can get a sixty-second bite on the best of the NBA every day on Instagram on Locked On NBA Network. I believe it's Locked On NBA Net on Instagram. Definitely check that out. Search for it. You'll find it. Definitely check that out. And of course, on iTunes, search for Locked On and the team you are looking for in the NBA, NFL, MLB, and college. So we're, you know, last episode I did was Friday against the LA Clippers and uh, that game did not go swimmingly. A 120-95 victory for the LA Clippers was, um, you know, we don't need to dwell on it too much because it's old news by now, but uh, it was a it was a beatdown a little bit. Um, the Magic, uh, Steve Clifford really, I think, said it best after the game. He could tell within the first 90 seconds that, that Orlando just didn't have it in them. After what he thought was a good practice on Thursday, the Magic just kind of came out lifeless and didn't have the energy that they needed, didn't have the focus and intensity that they needed, and you know, I was doing my grades, and I was looking at the box score and, and remembering what I saw in that game, and it's like, yeah, there were okay performances individually, but the group just didn't mesh, and you could tell there was a lack of intensity defensively, and the Magic got the butt-kicking they deserved, and in fact, in many ways, I thought it was the worst loss of the season, even worse than that 30-point loss to the Hornets way back when, or, or 30, what ended up being 30 points, but... It was a bad loss. It was a bad effort. Cl- Clifford said it. The players seemed to recognize it. And so the beauty of the NBA is the next game is right around the corner. You do not ever have to wait long for the next game. And so the Magic got that opportunity Sunday in San Antonio. Not an easy place to play. And the Magic looked like a completely different team. Not only a completely different team, they looked like a really good team. A team that we haven't seen play this way that much since the season began, really. And the assessment after Friday's game was, 
that was the worst Magic game of the season. The assessment after Sunday's game by a few, by many, and I would tend to agree with this, Sunday's game was the Magic's best game of the season. A 117-110 victory over the San Antonio Spurs that was not as close as the final score indicated or San Antonio going on a crazy run to drop a 26-point lead down to as little as five in in the last two and a half minutes uh, before the Magic were able to pull away. We'll get to that part in a moment. We can't gloss over that. But really, the big takeaway of this game was just how good the Magic did play. It, it, I don't think we can harp on the negative. We can certainly learn from the negative and some of the struggles that the Magic had, and there were plenty. But the big takeaway from this game should be, this is how the Magic should play. This is the intensity, the attitude, the intention, the execution, the fighting through mistakes, to be perfectly honest, too. This is how the Orlando Magic need to be. This is how they need to play. And don't forget what you did to get there, and Magic did to some extent in the fourth quarter. But this is what the Magic need to do. Their cuts were crisp. They played, they moved and passed the ball very well together. They worked the ball to the open man. They got the open shot. They attacked in transition. They scored, I think, the most transition points they've had all year at 18. They were aggressive and on the front foot almost the entire game. And yeah, the simple thing, They made shots, something that they haven't done with much efficiency so far this year. The final stat line for the Magic, Magic scoring 36 points in the first quarter. They came out of the gates and really never let up in this game. Orlando shooting 50.5% from the floor, 12 of 32 from beyond the arc, 11 offensive rebounds, just 8 turnovers. This was a strong aggressive, together game for the Magic. Again, exactly how they want to play. And really, even defensively, while the numbers don't turn out well because the Spurs ended up coming back, giving up 43.2% shooting, you can live with that. Certainly you can live with that. It's really good. 12 of 35 from beyond the arc, I think you can live with that. Forcing 11 turnovers against a good team like San Antonio with eight of them, four-piece coming from LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan, you're doing something right. Orlando swarmed and rotated well. They communicated something that has definitely been a struggle early on this year. You can kind of see them struggling sometimes with communication, but they communicated well. Vucevic, you know, Vucevic switching on to to guys, uh, Simmons switching on to guys. It, it, It all seemed to work. Orlando was on the same page for most of the night. They executed well, and when they made mistakes, they bounced back from them. That is the absolute biggest key in this one. Orlando needed a game like this. They needed to play like this. They needed to have this feeling because this is how the Magic need to play. Now, that alone isn't going to do it. The Magic needed big plays. They needed big moments, and they got plenty of them. Whether it was... Terrence Ross hitting consecutive three-pointers in the second quarter to expand the lead out a little bit. Whether it was uh, San Antonio, I think, cut the Magic's uh, nine-point lead at halftime down to five fairly quickly. And then Orlando scored the next 14 points. Terrence Ross, a big part of that. 14-0 run gave the Magic the distance and the breathing room that they needed. And every time San Antonio made a little mini-run, Orlando answered. And I would even argue the end of the game when the Spurs cut that 26-point lead 
down to six with two and a half minutes to play. Orlando responded. Now, their offense did not work as crisply and as smoothly as it did in the first three quarters in that time. But the Magic made the plays they needed to make to win the game. Aaron Gordon catching a ball that dribbled out to him uh, after after a deflection or a miss and draining a very difficult three-pointer where he caught the ball well below his, his knees in front of him. Big shot. Evan Fournier driving and finding a floater was a big shot. Orlando got big plays from several players on the roster. They got energy from several players on the roster. And they were the better team. They deserved to win this game. And they went out and won it. No complaints, no nothing. This was a solid victory for the Orlando Magic. One that they can be very, very happy with. Of course, that doesn't matter if you don't match the effort Monday night. So we'll talk about that in just a moment. But first, let's run down the final box score here for the Orlando Magic. Let's talk about a couple of players. Aaron Gordon leading the way for the Magic with 26 points, 11 for 20, shooting 4 for 10 from beyond the arc, 8 rebounds for him. Um, Gordon only took 5 shots in Friday's game, and it was definitely disappointing. There's a lot of complaints online, as there should be. Clifford put some blame on himself for not looking to get Gordon more shots. Gordon, I think, took some blame for not being aggressive or at times being overly aggressive. It, on, in Sunday's game, Gordon really struck the right balance. Um, he saved his aggression for the for the glass, which is, I think, where he needds to do it. It's, it's something that that I know I've talked about on the on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. I don't know if I've mentioned it here, but Aaron Gordon should be a better rebounder than he is. And he's shown some really strong rebounding performances so far this year. And so, him having energy on the glass is usually a good sign of how he's going to play. If he's, he's rebounding really well, he's making an impact on the team. Gordon, uh, on Sunday, just wasn't impatient for most of the night. He wasn't trying to force things. He played within the offense. He, looked, he sought matchups that he liked and exploited them, whether it was uh, trying to take LaMarcus Aldridge off the dribble or posting up on small on the smaller players that they had on him at times. Cutting to the basket, going in for offensive rebounds. Spot up three-pointers. These are how this is how Gordon's going to get his points. This was a perfect Aaron Gordon game in a lot of ways. Played great defense uh, and and really let the offense come to him rather than him forcing too much. DJ Augustin scored 18 points, 7 assists, 6 or 10 from the floor now starting to round back uh, him both him and Evan Fournier 16 points 7 for 15 shooting 2 for 8 from beyond the arc 7 assists 3 turnovers 3 steals for him um both uh, both Augustin and Fournier are starting to hit shots at a little bit more normal of a pace which obviously the magic need um Fournier's three point shot is still touch and go um you know obviously struggled a little bit with it tonight uh, or on Sunday night um but you you feel the confidence coming back and and I and something that they mentioned on the broadcast, which, which is, I think, true to some extent. When one guy starts hitting shots, um, it, it, it does spread confidence. I know there's, there's, there's a lot of discussion about the, the theory of the hot hand and all that. And statistically, yeah, the theory of the hot hand is bunk. But it's hard not to feel confident when other players are shooting and shooting well. When, when the ball is moving and sharing as much as it was in this game. Orlando had 29 assists on their 46 makes. Um, they were really good moving the ball and finding the open man. I mean, that's how Terrence Ross had the game that he had. 17 points, 6 for 12 shooting, 3 for 6 from beyond the arc. Four assists for him as well. Um, he was just constantly 
uh, in motion to get to get shots on curls. He was where he he was where he needed to be spotting up. Um, you know, DJ Augustin did such a good job getting into the paint against uh, Bryn Forbes that it freed up a lot of uh, shots on the outside, and, and that's obviously a big part of this as well. Nikola Vucevic, 13 points, 8 rebounds, 6 for 11 shooting. You know, again, I, I say this every time. Just another typical Nikola Vucevic game. Did a lot of really good things uh, on offense. Defensively, I thought he was really strong too. Did a good job closing down pick and rolls. Forcing guys to dribble into him. That caused a few turnovers. He was really active with his hands. He had a couple of def- he had a bunch of deflections, actually, um, that just disrupt the rhythm of the offense. It's not necessarily about getting steals or getting blocks. It's disrupting the rhythm of the offense, you know. When you talk about a guy like Dwight Howard or Rudy Gobert or eventually Mo Bamba changing shots, it's not necessarily about blocking the shot. It's about just being a hindrance to a clean look. And Vucevic did that on Sunday night, so a really strong game for him. Uh, Jonathan Isaac, of course, sprained his ankle in Friday's game. He's still listed as day-to-day. He was questionable for this game. I'm sure he'll be questionable and sit out Monday's game. Weston Wendu started for him. Terrence Ross finished the game uh, as expected, I think, Clifford doesn't want to disrupt his rotations too much, but one um, do two points, zero for four shooting. Um, tried to force things offensively. Um, you know, I think the Magic didn't really trust him as a three point shooter. They they missed him a few times. You're uh, giving him the extra pass to the corner, um, but one do was solid defensively, which is I think all the Magic are really asking for him. So, um, not a bad uh, performance there. And and lastly, in this game, Muhammad Bamba with his first career triple uh, double double, not triple double. Maybe he'll get a triple-double. Who knows? Um, but his first career double-double, 12 points, 11 rebounds, 6 for 11 shooting, 5 offensive rebounds, did a really good job cleaning up the glass, had a couple of putbacks, really some really nice plays around the basket, still a little rough around the edges in the post. Um, jumper still inconsistent, but you 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 have faith in it. You want him shooting those shots. Um, defensively, um, you know, Pau Gasol beat him a few times. I, th- I think he's mentioned that one of the things that surprised him in this league is just how good guys are at finishing around the basket, like shots that he would have blocked last year. He's not blocking quite yet. Um, but you see the flashes of what he can be. You see the flashes of who he can be. And they're starting to come a little more regularly now, at least on the defensive end, which I think is a really good sign. Um, the Magic are really good defensively when he's on the floor, at least when Nikola Vucevic isn't, um, when he's playing the five. Um, and that'll be something to keep an eye on and keep watching as uh, as the season goes on, but another really solid game from Mo Bamba. The Magic defeat the San Antonio Spurs 117-110 at AT&T Center. They'll be back in action Monday night against the Cleveland Cavaliers. And, you know, this was a really strong game. This was a game that affirms a lot of what Clifford is teaching and and what the Magic hope to get out of the season, um, you know, just kind of, you know, I, I've 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 said this to a lot of people. I don't think the barometer of success for the Orlando Magic this year is necessarily wins and losses. Wins are good. Don't get me wrong. Wins are good, and the playoffs should be a goal that that the team talks about and mentions. And yeah, as bad as the Magic have played, the East isn't exactly running away from them. You win a couple games in a row and. You know you're right in the thick of things. That's that's where that's the state of the East. I mean, honestly, winning the game on Sunday probably puts the Magic what a game out of the final spot. It's it's too early to be looking at the standings, but I'm just saying it's it's still not impossible. But that's not necessarily the barometer of success. To me, the barometer of success this year is about laying a foundation 
of who this team wants to be, of the way they want to play, and ultimately the identity they will take on. That's the most important thing that the Magic can develop this year is that identity, that foundation uh, of, of how they're going to play for the next five, six years. And you see it in glimpses, of course. Sunday was a great glimpse of what they can do. And the margin for error is so small, they've got to play with energy, they got to do all, all that stuff. But Sunday was the kind of fight the Magic need to show. And they've shown that fight in pockets, you know, a couple weeks ago against the Celtics, uh, the Heat game. Um, some extent, the first half of the Hornets game, I, I, again, I thought they played fine in the first half of the Hornets game, very good defense that game. But it, they're still glimpses. They're, they're, they're not fully formed. It's not consistent. And, and, and that's, you know, the juxtaposition of Sunday's game to, to Friday's game is stark. You expect the Magic to come out Sunday with a little bit of pride after the way that they played Friday, disappointingly. And, yeah, so the next question is, can the Magic do it again? That's Culture is built on repetition. Culture is, at least in my definition of it, because there are 20 million thousand definitions of it, my definition of culture is what you can rely on on your worst nights. What to you, is a given every single night. And on that note, the Magic's culture is terrible, if that's how we're going to choose to define culture. After Friday night's game, and, and really all weekend until this win over the Spurs, and, and I even saw some comments after the win against the Spurs uh, along these lines, but after Friday's game, it felt like the world was falling. That, yeah, this isn't a better season. This isn't anything. This is a team without direction where we know exactly what we're going to get and it's the same thing that we all know doesn't work. And the signs for the future are not there to give anyone hope. The worst thing you can be is bad and boring. And the magic on Friday night, for sure, were bad and boring. Nothing to excite and interest you in this team's future. That's from the fan perspective, of course. But it's a reflection of the belief that we have in this team. It's a reflection of the belief of what this team is capable of and what this team can accomplish. And of course, that's not a healthy thing to believe. That's not a healthy place to be. Steve Clifford, his big task is to lay down that foundation of culture. And, you know, after Friday's game, I thought his press conference was extremely interesting. He said a number of, of, of interesting things. It, I think have to defend his players. I mean, he criticized them, called them out publicly for the poor effort and explaining how they lost the game and, and put blame on himself too. But on the other hand, he also defended his players and said, look, these guys are hard workers. Culture, to him, is about people. And it is. And the people within the Magic, on the Magic team, on the organization, they want to win. They're hard workers. 
So the culture's in his estimation is fine. Again, maybe this is some cover, but I'm gonna let him I'm gonna let his words kind of speak. Or at least the, the gist of his words. He thinks that, yeah, there is a good team in there because they have quality people and quality workers. And they may not be championship caliber. They're certainly better than what they've shown. When asked directly about the sort of, what I've termed, the scarring of the last five, six years, Clifford dismissed it hat in hand. This is a new team, new coach, new everything. Things take time. We're only now nine games into this experiment. But the past does not affect the future to him. I'm going to disagree a little bit on that because... I've I've seen some of those scars come back. And in fact, I would argue that the Spurs come back from 26 down, there was a feeling of those scars once again. Of, here we go again. Magic played some good defense. Spurs made some tough shots. But the offense became a little more stagnant. You could feel everyone tighten up, pressing a little bit. The confidence to win these close games, to win these games when the other team seems to have all the momentum to respond in the proper way, that confidence is not 100%. And again, the issue still remains, how do the Magic respond the next night? How do they make themselves better? Or repeat their strong performances? It's been a problem that's plagued the Magic now for at least five years. If not, if not the whole six of this rebuild, if not now the seventh. And so Clifford's big task still remains. He has to be the one that helps change the culture. The people are great. That's fine. But it's about my definition of culture. What can you do consistently on your worst night? What parts of your team are second nature? This Magic roster is not a finished puzzle. And I, I feel like I do have to remind people of that sometimes when, when they look at the season in isolation and then try to look back instead of looking forward. This is not a complete puzzle. The Magic know they knew that they didn't have to complete the puzzle this year. It's the beginnings of a puzzle. We've just kind of thrown the pieces onto the table. And now we're figuring out how it all fits together and how to make it all best fit together. And if we're missing a piece that we need, how to get that? That's the bigger picture issue. But on the micro level, on the day-to-day level right now, the goal is to build that culture, that consistency. And the Magic are still looking for it. They're looking for it. In big ways. And of course, the Orlando Magic do have an opportunity to continue this team, continue this, this growth that, 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 they, that they hope they're making and prove that they are making that growth in Monday's game. The Orlando Magic taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers at the Amway Center on Monday night. And it is going to be how do we put this? It's going to be an interesting game because the Cleveland Cavaliers had an interesting weekend. 
Joe Varden of The Athletic uh, pretty much pulling together several mini anecdotes describing the complete dysfunction of the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cavaliers currently own the worst record in the league at 1-8. Their offensive rating, uh, the Magic's offensive rating is still worse, but this is still a team that should be okay. Offense isn't bad. They've got the worst defense in the league at giving up 118.5 points per 100 possessions. But that story was so full of... They've already fired their coach in Teron Liu, but the story on The Athletic was so full of these weird, weird anecdotes of, of a team that just doesn't know what it wants to be and what its goals are. Magic, I said, have a goal. They, they want to make the playoffs, but it's more about just establishing a foundation. Cavs don't even have that. J.R. Smith has asked for a trade publicly. Uh, the, re- the report suggests that Kyle Korver was promised a trade if LeBron James left, and he's not happy that he hasn't been traded yet. You got Tristan Thompson still believing that this is a playoff-caliber team. All the while, players on that roster told The Athletic they don't think their young, budding point guard, Colin Sexton, can play at a high level. All the while still, before the season began, the GM, Kobe Altman, told the group of veteran players, you're probably not going to play this year or play very much this year. And yet, Teron Liu and Larry Drew have both played them without communication between them. It's a very, very odd situation in Cleveland right now, and it, it is affecting everything on the court. Kevin Love is currently out with an injury, so he's not available. They're relying heavily on Tristan Thompson, J.R. Smith, George Hill. It's not the most varied Offensive attack. Larry Nance Jr. involved in there as well. This is a team in chaos. And they can win occasionally. The Wizards won this weekend. But this is a team that is still figuring out what they want to do this year. How, what, what they want to accomplish. And even with the Magic on a back-to-back, you have to hope that they can get this win. If the Magic want to be a playoff team, these are the games they need to win. Cleveland's still tough. They got veteran players. If, if they want to play, they can play. Tristan Thompson's a great rebounder. Um, J.R. Smith can shoot. Kyle Corfer can still shoot. They've got, guy, they've got guys. It's not a team without talent. It's just a team without direction right now. And of course, who knows if they'll be able to find it. But for the Magic, it's about defending and playing with intensity and executing their stuff and copying the effort that they had on Sunday night. And if they can do that, they should be able to come out with a win. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including a look at Mo Bamba's development of late, check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening. You can, uh, For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.